There is a podcast about an island in the North Atlantic where people have been looking for an incredible treasure for more than 200 years. Hello and welcome back to Could It Be? An Oak Island podcast. We are your hosts, Deidre and Dustin White. Hey. Hey. Season 10 is here. Oh my gosh. How excited are you for season 10 of The Curse of Oak Island? Well, the season premiere, I mm. think, was the best like premiere we've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. So well, it had a lot going in on in it. It was a two-hour-long premiere. Mm-hmm. And we got uh, a lot of setup for the season. Right. And um that but uh, they also dove right into the work. They did. Like even before, like with Maddie, they were right at it. Okay, well, but the Maddie thing was during the middle of the season. It wasn't officially part of like the the season of the Curse of Oak Island. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a Maddie Blake special. That's true. And it, as fun as that was, I don't really want to get into it because mm. that's like spoilers for future stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. Uh, the people are filing into the chat. We Yay. just want to say hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. For our season 10 premiere uh, recap podcast. And we're doing it special this year for our friends in Canada in in solidarity because we live in the United States, but our friends in Canada don't get to see the episode until Sunday. Mm -hmm. And they've always, I always feel bad. And I think Deidre always feels bad too, that they're always kind of behind and we do the podcast Mm -hmm. and you know, if they watch the podcast, like all the people in the chat Mm -hmm. are right now, um, that's great for us, but it's kind of like spoilers for them. And, you know, yeah. we, I really, I don't like spoilers myself. Like, uh, I'll be like, Deidre, don't tell me that. I do not want to hear anything about I, it. I, I want to be, uh, yeah, I literally don't tell things. him things because, you know, yeah. he doesn't want to know. And exactly. at least if I, you know, see something, but it's so good to be back. It felt weird to say, welcome back Why? because, it feels like we would have just done that. I just haven't said it in a while. Well, you kind of said it last week when we did, did it. We did a special. Um, Our pregame. The pregame. Uh, the preseason pregame, like literally right before the season premiere. Yeah. Uh, we had a couple people from the island come yes. hang out with us for like about an hour. Yep. And chat. And we hit them with the hard questions. Well, yes. And, you know, they're very tight lipped this year. Everybody <laughs> that I talked to this year they're very tight lipped yeah so if you want to go find that on facebook or youtube you can uh, find us at oak island podcast and um we had steve guptill mm-hmm. we had laird niven. laird niven and scott barlow on with us mm-hmm. chatting all about uh crazy island in the North all the Atlantic. island adventures so um yeah but we are back thank you so much for everybody being here hello hello we even see people over on the YouTube watching us live right now. So, uh, hi. Hi. Hi, Barb. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Jackie. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Boki. Hi, Dana. Hi, Morgan. Hello. Hello, Susan. Yeah. Miss Jenny getting inky with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, I, no, I said no. Jenny. Oh, uh, Anne Marie's here. Mary's here. Joseph's here. Oh, my gosh. All of our friends are here. Yay. What is up, Jeff? What is up, everybody? Uh, if we don't say your names, it's not because we don't love you. We do. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> All right. So uh, do we want to get into it or do we have anything else we need to say? 
do we do housekeeping at the end or now? Well, I would like to say right now, so going forward, like I said, we're going to be doing our recaps on Monday. Yes. Uh, that's also when uh, Oak Island Trivia is going to take place. If you haven't ever joined in for the Oak Island Trivia uh, craziness, we invite you to do so. We have mm -hmm. most of our listeners are on the podcast side and they don't uh, come and find us on Facebook or YouTube or any of those places. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. But we want to invite you to come and check it out because everybody has so much fun uh, playing Oak Island Trivia. And uh, it, all it requires of you is to watch the episode, come hang out and try to check the boxes. Mm -hmm. You know, you try to get the most right. We're going to have a leaderboard this season and the winner is going to win a really fabulous prize. They're going to win a golden gnome and they're going to be uh, uh, either they're going to get a title bestowed upon them, a Lord or lady of Scotland. And this is no joke. So come find us facebook.com slash Oak Island podcast, youtube.com slash Oak Island podcast. And you might be the lucky winner. Second place is going to get a silver gnome and third place is going to get a bronze gnome. If you're watching live right now, right above my head, we have these gnomes. Yep. Yep. One of them will be painted silver. One of them will be painted gold and one of them will be painted bronze and they will be given to those three champions at the end of the season. So please mm -hmm. come and check that out. And those that win. So we're sticking with just like one winner per e week. Each week there's going to be one winner. And you know what? What? I met a guy in a bar. You did? Yeah, in this bar called the Mug and Anchor. Mm. And oh, wait, wait. People on the podcast don't know. Deidre went to Oak Island, or she went to Nova Scotia. I was in the land of the Scotia Nova, Nova Scotia, mm -hmm. and had a lovely time, met some wonderful people. Uh, those of you that like to follow my photography, I got some really great shots. Um, and, like I said, I met a guy in a bar. Mm. And? One of the that person that i mean person. I, I met a few people in that bar you but did. yeah one of them signed some swag uh sir gary of drayton uh the metal detective ninja that, yes, that guy a gary t drayton and there we're going to be using them for giveaways for the weekly so we have a couple signed hats we have signed bumper stickers we have signed pictures we have um a sign one of his books that he wrote uh, that is signed by him. I'm trying to think of what else we got. There's but stuff. There's lots of stuff. Great so guy. Can't you, wait to if, give away. If you stuff. don't come hang out with us for Oak Island trivia on Mondays, uh, you're missing out. And I think we're going to do that at 3 p.m. Pacific. And uh, that would be uh, 6 p.m. Eastern. I know it's a little earlier than we usually do, but it's before our kids get home. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's the way we're going to do it. Deidre usually works on Monday. She's rearranged her life so that we could be here for you consistently yes. tuesday nights we still do pregame one hour ahead of the show that's right uh, so we will be here tomorrow one hour uh, right tomorrow's tuesday tomorrow's Woo. tuesday uh one hour ahead of the show to you know get together chat with you guys get jazzed up for the next episode yes and who knows we might have guests we might have people hanging out with us Trip or the, who knows what's gonna happen pregame is, is it's just a free-for-all it is a free-for-all <laughs> so, and it's a good time all right okay so th well, let's get into the episode yeah thanks for getting through all that with us let's chat about the season premiere of season 10 premiere of the curse of oak island right so they found the 90 foot stone in this episode oh wait no what <laughs> it's a joke oh i was like what just happened here <laughs> no so we so at the very end of the episode it says this this season on the curse oh, of Oak yeah, Island. Yeah, yeah. i didn't see anything about the 90 foot zone so i'm kind of bummed 
I'm bummed about Maybe the whole it's already now. been found. Maybe. Maybe someone's using it as a paperweight in the lab. Could be. It could. Yeah. Uh, but could it, be? could it? It could. It could be. Um, it could be that we opened up with the classic scene. The classic. We mm -hmm. got uh, Marty driving to Oak Island. And he's got some passengers. And he's coming across the causeway. And we're like, here we go again, guys. You know? But he seemed really excited. So, so you, 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 you just pulled up your uh, imaginary steering wheel. Uh, to the camera. So, are you? Are you? Is there a song? Uh, if if you're with those guys in the car, what song are you uh, playing on the radio? <laughs> oh my gosh! Literally, literally, when I saw you doing the drive thing, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's like the Ice Cream Man song. And that's what went through my head. And literally, that's what you pulled out there. Good job. Okay. But yeah, I mean, he had all all the people. Right. Well, not all the people. The people. No, then are... it would literally be a clown car, and it would be going. Doo, 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 doo. All right. No, we had uh, Marty in the car. Um, Rick was his front passenger. Unnaturally. Back seat was Alex, Jack, and Craig Tester. Yep. So the uh, the big guns heading to the island. Heading to the island. Well, and they're driving over the causeway. Right. Yeah. So um, yeah, but... I mean, they're excited about the season to start, as we all are. As we all were, right? What, what, what are you looking at? I, I was looking at uh, one of the replies. Uh, Jenny said that Deidre looked at you like you had lobsters coming out of your ears. <laughs> I don't think that joke was successful, Dustin. She's talking about the 90-foot stone thing? Yeah. Yeah. I know. It went straight over your head. And, like, I literally just thought you'd be like, what are you talking about, freak? But you just... Pause. Oh, well, I paused because I was questioning myself. It was a long episode. It was a long episode. All right. So um, the guys get to the island and, and we... they, they join a very active war room. I wonder what they were doing before they walked in. Sitting around talking about wonder when they're going to show up. Yeah, probably. All right. So uh, the war room happened and, and uh, what's going on As in the war per room? per tradition, yeah. right? So walk in. Hey, guys. Good to see you. He tells everybody they look old. Uh, <laughs> Marty says they, you know, they got to get it done. Get it done. Get her done. Mm -hmm. So they really seem to uh, want to get to it right away. Oh, hey, so in my notes, I wrote that um, during the drive in, mm -hmm. uh, Marty was like trying to give a fist bump to uh, uh, Rick and Rick just like just nails him. I'm just like, whoa, bro. That's what big brothers do. I guess so. Right? Man. I mean, my brother would give me a dead leg or, you know, all the things. I guess. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so that happened. And, um, yeah, so anyway, the five from the car, they did enter the war room. They um, came back with enthusiasm because literally they've detected gold in the water at the money pit. Mm -hmm. And um, they want to trace that gold back to its source and dig it up. Dig, dig, dig. Dig, dig, dig. Um, we got the... Okay, so Doug goes on to explain the data set that got the gold traces from 20 to 50 boreholes. And we get a nice little... No, they're going to expand. Well, they're going to expand it. To 50 boreholes. But they also show on the screen, because, mm -hmm. you know, Spooner is like a map. And we all know how I drool over maps. Sure. And, I mean, that, that was a lot. Yeah. That, like, for me, the perspective was really... It was good. It was good. Well, it's good because perspective should not be lost. It should not be lost. Yeah. All right. So uh, Dr. Spooner is there and he says that they're going to do this um, by figuring out how the water moves throughout the money pit. 
and says he'll try to get down to a 25 or 20 by 20 foot box. And Marty says, um, find it and they'll do the rest. So yeah. I mean, a 20 by 20 foot, that's a decent size. And especially if you think about that shaft, uh, the garden shaft mm -hmm. is a 10 by 10 foot. So twice as much as that. Yeah. I mean, maybe like half a quarter of a tennis court or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's a sizable area. It could hold lots of treasure. You know what I'm saying? And it's good to know where the money's moving to and from, right? Mm -hmm. Because we know this problem of the solution channel that we've had for a long time and how it moves, how it moves things, and if this is related to it or not. Yep. So we're going to figure out which way Give all that water is moving. So mm -hmm. that's uh, that's key to this agenda this year uh rick says that there is uh the elephant in the room is has to do with the uh muon technology that mm -hmm. they kind of deployed last year mm -hmm. uh craig says that everything is in place and there the data is recording uh but they won't have that data for a couple of months mm -hmm. but it's coming and it's coming like this season so i called it that we wouldn't have the data at the end of last year yeah. i would just like to say that but i think I had to guess mm -hmm. based on the aerial images. So you see like in the money pit, it looks like there's those concrete wells mm -hmm. around. I, I think those are there to protect the Muon entry devices. Because how I don't remember how far apart they said they would. I don't remember that either. We'd have to go back and watch last year's uh, Maddie uh, Blake specials or whatever like they, they were talking about. They said it recently, but. Anyways, even once you get all that data, like let's think about back to when we had Eagle Canada blowing up the island. Yep. Boom. You still have to process it. Boom. Goes the dynamite. Boom, baby. Boom, baby. Yeah. We get that next week. Yep. Uh, all right. Moving on. <laughs> Marty. Sorry. Marty says regarding his friend of the swamp. So they're, they're close now. They're friends now, apparently. Mm. All right. They have spoken to uh, Mi'kmaq leadership. Um and uh, the First Nations, and they believe that they have reached a cooperative agreement or relationship, rather, um, and uh, the restrictions are going to remain in place, uh, but they are uh, working on it. Yeah, at so, least the buffer zone right from before would stay in place. But it's good to know that they're making progress mm -hmm. and that there is a way to move forward and they can do more stuff, which is probably why they're so excited coming into this year. How disheartening was it at the end of last year? Yeah, yeah, but they're they're stoked. Oh, you yeah. can tell that they uh, they have some different plans this year, and mm -hmm. that's exciting. So we get the flashback from last season's swamp issues, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. um, and Rick goes on to say there's still some story there to be understood concerning the swamp, right? Yeah. We we don't necessarily know if the treasure is there. I guess we don't even know if it's in the money pit technically. Well, yeah, but I don't know. So they kind of didn't really do anything else in the swamp. Like they talked about the swamp, but then this episode focuses mainly on new technology, the money pit, and uh, swamps. Like we'll we'll pick it up later. Yeah, no, exactly. So. I'm, I'm just saying that stone, that paved area. It's something. <laughs> it's twelve hundreds. I know. Yeah, There's crazy. Something there crazy yep all right so we do get introduced to a new member of the team and we welcome back an uh archaeologist helden Shel helen helden helen, helen sheldon. sheldon and a new archaeologist to the team 
Emma Culligan. Yes, and Emma. And we're a big fan of Emma's. We love Emma's because our daughter's name is Emma. I know. <laughs> so welcome to the team, Emma. Yeah. Woo -woo. She, I would like to say on this episode, like, I think we got introduced to her really well. She came across very well-spoken mm -hmm. and able to really explain mm -hmm. stuff well. I, I'm already a fan. I wonder if she did any other TV because she seemed camera ready. Oh, she seemed like she knew exactly oh scott's here to help us out oh what's up dude <laughs> okay let's see if i can even say her title okay her actual title is archaeo metal metallurgist metallurgist oh my gosh so wow. she's so smart she has a title i cannot pronounce sweet well we are excited that she's part of your team scott right um, I don't know how, if you had anything to do with picking her, uh, but good job. <laughs> yeah, well, he also says she's brilliant. And here's the other thing. I reached out to her. Will you tell her I'm not um, too weird? And, uh, you know, so we can maybe talk to her. Okay, Scott has met you in, in person. I know. He knows exactly That's why how crazy I toned it back and said not too weird. Yeah. Like, don't tell her everything. But... If you guys want to hear about uh, Deidre meeting Scott, go back to last week's uh, Oak Island pregame, and uh, there's a little and, bit of that in the and chat. we're going to talk about it next week. Oh, we are. I mean, sorry, we're going to talk about it tomorrow, I think, on pregame. Okay, so tune in tomorrow for pregame, uh, Tuesday. Uh, what is it? 5 o'clock p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, right, be here. It is 5 o'clock, right? Be, be, be at Facebook or YouTube or be square. All right. Or be square. Deidre, is, I'm definitely square. I'm like, I'm the squarest of square. Oh my gosh, so, he is such a square. Yeah. He's lame. All right, so we have Emma. Uh, Laird says that Emma will be running the equipment uh, this year. Uh, let's okay. So mm -hmm. they basically transformed the interpretive center into some kind of new lab into a right? mad scientist lab. There's so much stuff in there. Yeah, so that's where Emma is hanging out. That's the only place we've seen her so far. But she is in she charge. She may not be of, allowed out. Well, yeah, she's in charge of the CT scanner. Uh, in the interpretive center and all the other devices. They like each got their own shot. Yeah, they have a big XRF machine in there now, too. So, all right, cool. So, uh, moving on, uh, we have Marty. Uh, he says that he was surprised about what they had found in Portugal last mm -hmm. year. Um, and it was a real eye opener. And there was a flashback scene from that Portugal trip with our friend Corey and Mole. Yes. And uh, Rick, Alex, Doug, and Peter. They all went. And for Marty to say, it was enlightening. Well, That's yeah. saying a lot. And he the didn't skeptic. even get to go. I know. Like, I, you know. Skipping forward a little bit, he's going to get to go on a, a fun little adventure. I don't know if it's next week or how, how. Yeah, I think actually the next time on, he's. Well, there was no next time on. It was this season on the Curse of the Island. So I thought it, was it could be any time. I don't know. But he's going to get to go on a field trip, too. So mm -hmm. that's exciting for Marty. All right. Uh, so Rick uh, says that they have teams in France, Portugal, the Azores, Italy, London. And they all have done astoundingly great work to date and he's he's referring to just researchers people that have uh mm -hmm. that are like dedicated to the cause so so it sounds like and this is me assuming but mm -hmm. it sounds like they've got little like pods of people across the world that are doing research for them over there now this mm -hmm. is my assumption mm -hmm. um but i'm sure we'll hear more from them throughout the season but that i mean that's a great way to do it and clearly gretchen is working with that team mm -hmm. so i always love to see gretchen yes she's a very nice lady yeah well and she's she 
I'm very she's like very kind. Well, like well she's very kind. I, I love the Templar stuff. So more Gretchen, please, please. Yeah. Gretchen, Gretchen. Hey, do you see who's in the chat? Jay Freeze. Nine oh six. That's our other favorite podcast. Sure. Besides, yeah. you know they, ours. They are great. The Curse of Oak Island and Beyond. And Beyond. And Beyond. So you should definitely check out their recaps that are right after it premieres. Uh, okay, so literally day. we do the opposite of what they do yes. going forward. So Jayfree906 and his crew over mm -hmm. at the Curse of Oak Island and Beyond, they have a podcast about, it's a recap podcast, Curse mm -hmm. of Oak Island, just like what we do. So if you want a different take or if you want something complimentary to us. Mm -hmm. and uh, Right after, it next comes, day. Yeah, the next day they go boom, live, do some uh, recapping, so... Go go find them, check them out. Yes. And then yeah. you know, we do it right before. Exactly. We all have our thing. Yeah. And uh Michelle Tomeyer. What's up, Michelle? Michelle has like an auction going on right now. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to bring it up real oh, quick. Because yeah. it was like, I think today or tomorrow is the end of it. So it might be over. But Michelle, tell if this is over or not. But she has like these books on eBay mm -hmm. that are signed by the cast. Mm -hmm. That um, she wrote, yeah. Well, she she illustrated, and Cindy Bussey yes. wrote them. She um, yeah, so they're you know in the um, what's the series called with the dog? Uh, I forget, I just forgot the name of the dog. It's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, I thought it was part of this. I mean, because she did. Was it, it the house Sophia? House. Yeah, Sophia. Oh, Sophia. Sophia, my bad. Sellers, and All then right. there's Annie goes to Oak Island. Yeah. Is that Annie, what you're Annie's, Annie's Annie the Sophia, dog. and then but there was also the Halifax, Pirates of Halifax. Yes. So. Anyway, go check that stuff out. Sorry about that. Let's move on. Uh, and yeah, we, we love we love our friends. All right. Um, so Marty moves the conversation to lot eight at this point. Kind of a lucky, lucky, lucky lot. All right. So Michelle says twenty three hours left on the uh, the uh, books on eBay. So go find them. Uh, I will try to post a link in our Facebook mm -hmm. uh, on our Facebook page. I just I happened to see it earlier today. And I just, uh, sorry, I didn't have time to share it, but. Yeah, um, and it says charity <clears throat> is bio girls. So yeah, I, I, look, was... I, I looked into that and that charity is like helping girls with self-esteem oh, and wonderful. stuff. So good stuff. All right. Um, sorry. Back to the show. <laughs> um, yeah. Lot eight uh -huh. got a lot of discussion. Gary uh, chimed in and said that you, we always need to go back to the areas where you found articles and or articles, artifacts and coins, because you're going to find more and more. Of course, especially as they start to rise to the surface, as roots start, you know, pushing stuff up. Yeah. As a hurricane or something comes through. <laughs> yeah. All right. And uh, Craig thinks that they're going to have a very exciting year, and he's really looking forward to it. Marty ends the first <laughs> war room meeting of the season with what? Marty only wants to hear, bravo, tango. And, uh, and he gets another hard high five from Rick. Rick is stoked. Really he hard high fives from all his Dr. Peppers and is ready to go. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Paula what? in the chat. She's, Let's pause. Paula's asking real quick if we have trivia tomorrow. We don't. We're going to do it on Mondays going forward, and it's going to be next Monday. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be every other week. So I, I didn't mention that earlier. All right. We'll we'll make a post with we all will. the things. So make sure you follow our Facebook page we mm -hmm. do stuff in the group as well but the page is public make sure you hit to get the notifications when we're live i know some people are missing their notifications yep check uh, it out make yep, sure you so check it out uh bravo tango i wanted to mention okay can we just clear this up nice and early what does bravo tango mean um 
It means something. It's something to do with the military. I don't remember what. Are, <laughs> just kidding. Lobsters, ears, like. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Bravo Tango, BT. Yeah. Buried treasure, yo. Buried treasure. Marty wants to hear the all, the call for successful finding of buried treasure. Exactly. That is what he Apparently wants to Apparently, that was a question floating out there. Uh, our friend Jackie says, Target is acquired. That's Bravo right. Tango, buried treasure. Target acquired. Roger, Roger. <laughs> all the above. Yeah. So, <clears throat> it's there. We don't have to address it again. There you go. All right. So um, I'm pretty sure we talked about that last year, but. It doesn't matter. No. Top of the season. Yep. All right. So the money pit. Yeah. That's where they head next. And so much there. So much activity at the money pit. This, uh, this extra long episode. All right. Terry Matheson. The, the Terry Meister. The, the sir of many one-liners and usually comedic golds. Like, hello, Dolly. We did get a bingo. In this we episode. did get a bingo. So, yeah, uh, Terry, Terry's up there doing his work. Uh, they So he's leading the charge mm -hmm. with Charles Barkhouse. Yes. Um, but we have uh, Borhole K-15.5. What do you think about that uh, Borhole name? You know what? Does it it's hurt, fine. Does, does it hurt you? Because you know what? We get a full shot of the Money Pit Grit. And Dustin heard me when this was live, right? And they, they're showing it and they're pulling out and the grid has quadrupled in size, right? So it's like, then you have line AA and whatever. As I'm looking up at some of those boreholes they indicated, I actually don't understand the how they named it. Well, so I can let this one go because I understand some of this other stuff is wackadoo. Literally, you had Steve like his attention last week. You could have asked him any question you wanted. You need it. You failed. No, because we hadn't seen the episode yet. Yeah, but you, you should have asked like, hey, what, what's the process of uh, naming boreholes going up? No, like these ones. Oh, my gosh. I have to find one of them because <clears throat> I. Yeah, there's a tangent coming, my friends. I where are you? I, I almost lost my mind. Well, what is this about? Barlow, Scott Barlow says Terry just sent an email saying he was going on tour opening for Billy Joel. So he's unavailable. What? So, <laughs> and you're, and hey, look what up. What are you talking look up. about? It says gullible on the ceiling. Do you see that? Oh, I didn't. I was looking no. at your notes. No, in the chat. <laughs> oh my gosh, Scott, you're the best. Oh my gosh. Terry just sent an email saying he was going on tour opening for Billy Joel. So he's, oh my God, what Wait. is wrong with you? No, Scott said he really did send that email. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, good for him, I guess. Well good done. Good for him. Good luck. Terry Matheson opening up. Is he going to do com comedy or is he going to sing? That's what I really want to know. I don't know. I, I mean, Rover has it. He might be the karaoke guy. Boki says Billy Joel is actually opening for Terry. That actually makes way more sense. That tracks. Good call, Brokey. Okay. All right. Let's 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 get back to this. All right. Uh, we do have the money pit and Deidre's crazy grid obsession. I am going to... Yeah, never mind. She'll I'll go on out. a tangent next week. She'll figure it out. It's all good. I doubt all right. it. So along with Charles and Terry, we had Paul, Doug, and Craig Tester. And uh, Rick and Marty do arrive to uh, see what's going on. Uh, Marty asked Terry if they found any doubloons yet. Terry <laughs> laughed and says, someday soon. So fingers crossed on that one. <sighs> no doubloons yet. So Choice Sonic Drilling's back. Mm -hmm. And uh, are they better than ever? I 
would assume so. They're probably well rested from last year. I don't know about that. I have a bone to pick. I knew this was coming. Like we're not there yet. I do have it written down in my notes, but I'm just going to do it now just because because we're talking about uh, choice. All right. I'm actually happy that choice is like um, there's there's some uh, like Mike Tedberg. Mm-hmm. He's like uh, more present. And right, he was, there was a lot more conversation going back explaining. and forth. And that's good because it's helpful for us as viewers. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what Rock has done for us in the past when they're explaining to people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then we had this Connor guy that's like, uh, I'm just going to, you know, no no uh, disrespect to Connor. I don't know Sounds who he like is or what he is. Shade. But I'm just going to call him Mike's lackey. Okay. Sorry, Connor. But he's like, uh, you know, he's he's what Adam was last season. Yeah. He's the guy that brings the uh, uh, casings, yep. the choice sausage from the work site to the other work site, which is the operating table. Right. Yes. Okay. So literally they, <laughs> okay. We have, we have him. He's excited about one of these bags. He pulls he, and a throws little too the table. excited. I will agree. He, he puts it on the table and he's like, well, forget you guys. I'm just going to cut this open and like start. Uh, I want to see myself. what this is. And I'm like, what the heck are you doing kid? Like, like he's lucky they didn't cut him with that. Well, I think Charles is too nice for that because Charles was the one there. Charles must be. But I was thinking, dude, Charles, you're letting this uh, get get. You know, it's uh, it's getting like, out of here. What hand. if it was full of doubloons? I know. And what if you need to like? Okay, Charles is very careful. Yeah. If anything, he's careful, and you know, sometimes he's like, I'm not even gonna touch this until Rick gets here. That's how careful he is sometimes. You yeah. Know? And like, this guy's taking this out of the bag and like flipping it around and holding it. It's like, dude, well, what if we needed to know the exact position this thing was in? What, what if, if we he made... sliced open Shakespeare's manuscript? Yeah. And what if we needed to know like what this was butted up against? I'm just like, bro, I hope you calm down. I hope someone had a talk with you because that's not, that doesn't, that in the past, that isn't the way that things were done on Oak Island. But they may have asked him to ahead of time and we didn't mm. see that. I hope that's the case. I, I hope that's the case. I but hope yeah, that's the case. I, I did feel the same. I was, I was sticking up for, what was his name? Connor. Connor. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Just, we have I'm questions. We ask the hard hitting questions here. I'm just saying. Yeah. Don't know. So just wanted to um, throw that out there though. Because mm-hmm. that, that had me irked. I don't get irked by a lot. I usually just go through the That's show. That's true. The show and enjoy That's it usually all. my I'm just thinking, thing. I'm just thinking, wow, this guy, this guy's bold. Bold. Maybe, Maybe they, need, they bold. need bold. Maybe they need bold. But I'm just thinking a little too much. All right. Did you uh, say, okay, calm down? And then I told myself, okay, I need to calm down. Um, so anyway, choices is back. And we, uh, like at least Mike Tedford, way more present mm-hmm. and available with information. And I appreciated that. All right. Rick says that he is thankful for everybody's pursuit of trying to get answers out here. Um, and as, because uh, we come back to the, money pit over and over in this episode yeah always gotta check in on terry yeah as they're leaving rick and marty uh they tell terry uh you know let us know if something bizarre happens uh-huh. i wonder if um How when, bizarre. How i wonder bizarre. if when uh what's his name uh connor cut open that bag if uh they if charles is like i need to get rick and marty on the phone because that's bizarre. Like, How bizarre that's not that doesn't happen every day uh-huh. um anyway connor was throughout the whole episode so if if he w- did something he wasn't supposed to do they didn't fire him. So no, that's good on them for at least giving him a shot. I don't know. <laughs> they should give me a shot. I'm trying. She tried. She tried a couple months ago too. 
I'm try. still trying. Yep. All right. So just before the scene changed, like moving away from the money pit, we mm -hmm. did have Steve and Dr. Spooner. Uh, we saw them getting some water samples out of the money pit. Mm -hmm. So that was making some progress. So hey, progress. All right. Um, we move on to lot eight. Yeah, it's like the money lot. It's it was a giver of weird this time. Weird. Odd. Yeah, it gave it gave some items that I was uh, I, I was very um, descriptive of. Yeah, you else. and my brother uh, discussed it very publicly on Facebook. Yeah. So um, your friend. Yes, not, not mine, name. but your friend. No, my friend. Gary, uh, Gary Drayton. Gary T. Drayton. Gary T. Drayton. Get it right. And, Guaranteed. And my friend Marty. Yes. We're birthday buddies. We you are same, birthday we buddies. We have the same birthday. So my friend and yours. Okay. Out there on lot eight together. Got it. Doing some metal detecting. Yes. Finding some artifacts. Uh-huh. Uh, they they go beep, beep, beep. They go like, okay, now we got to dig, 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 dig. It's what we like to do. It's what they like to do. And... Uh, the first thing that they find is the classic ox shoe. Ox shoe. Which is important because we're trying to establish where these oxen consistently went, right? Yes. We want to know their paths. Yes. And it's near where they're. So last year we ended with that depression in the ground that was like a square. Yeah. Right. And they show us the flashback of the tree that's got the big bend yep. in it. I still think it's a marker. Oh, duh. Just like what I say. I said, did they find block and tackle nearby? Because I still think that block and tackle was made to create a marker. Could be. Anywho. Anywho. So it, that's an area of activity because they had found the, it was almost like paved. There was a bunch of stones. Sure. So maybe oxen were walking on a path that was there. Could be. Know. Yeah, they did a bunch of digging, like deep. With the yes. excavator there. And like, like Marty was the one digging, right? Yeah. And Scott was there, I believe, digging. I think like everybody was there watching. Well, they were all watching, but I think Scott and uh, and Marty were the actual diggers. Yeah. But then they're like, wow, this looks like it could be like another paved area. Another kind of like, mm -hmm. you know, some kind of pathway or something. Yes. Because um, we had all those stacked rocks. And then the ox shoe shows yep. activity. It does. and But while they're doing this, Marty looks over and says, I really like that tree. Did, did you notice that? No. Because it was like a different tree, though. It was like one that was like, it was almost looked like it was getting up out of the ground to walk away. Like its roots were. Yeah, like, that's what I was talking about. Oh, that's the tree you're talking yeah. about? Gotcha. Yeah, that is a weird looking tree. Because I was saying, I think, I mean, it. I don't know how old the tree is looking at it. I mean, it looks smaller than some of the other ones, but they're all going to grow at different rates. But it feels like an indicator. I. They can be trained this way. Mm -hmm. So. Hey, Jim Barlow over on YouTube says hey, that he thinks that area is a key. And he called you out. He said, Deidre. You know what, Jim? I agree. Is that um, maybe Scott's cousin? Oh, What's no. Up, Scott's cousin? Hey. We're, we're just going to make that there. Yeah. You know. All right. So anyway, metal detecting, ox shoe, bam. They do metal detecting again. And uh, should I read what I wrote in the in my notes? Yeah, I'll, I want to know, you know, I'm curious what every... Uh, their person's like first impression. I mean, the look on Gary and Marty's faces said it all. They didn't actually need to say anything. Yeah. So in my notes, I'm just going to say it. Okay. All right. So I said, uh, Gary pulls out of the ground. What looks like a, to be a big turd. Sorry. <laughs> it just, looks, 
I even thought, I was like, this looks like a giant petrified piece of poop. Mm -hmm. Like, but with metal in it. Yeah. And uh, Deidre said that she uh, made Gary aware of uh, what I thought it looked like. And he and thought, he thought, he thought, that, thought was he that was pretty funny. But I felt, so. so he pulls, he's like, sure, it's a handle. Like a, a gun handle. And he's pulling it out. And I just like the sheer disappointment on his and Marty's face. And he's like, I'm holding a turd. No. Like that's, I mean, that's probably what he was thinking. No, but then, then they got their mind out of the gutter and they're like, oh, it could be a pistol. They were, they were trying to do anything to keep oh it gosh. together mm. instead of saying, you know what this looks like? No, they, they had to just say something that was like more family friendly. Even though this is a family-friendly podcast. But but... We could say the things. Yeah. And, and Marty's like, are you sure that's it? And he like puts the little metal detector. <laughs> He's like, yeah. like yeah, that's, yep, that's it. But like, it can be encrusted, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And uh, that's what it ends up being. And they're like, you know, what? we're going to put this to the side for now. We'll come back to this later. But good find, Gary. Good find, Marty. <laughs> I can't. Help no, don't put that on the screen. Oh, yes. No, it's Templar, baby. A Templar turd. Wow. I've never heard Deidre say the word turd so much. Because I don't talk like that. I do. But it was just, it was a moment, and we couldn't not talk about I'm just going to say this like, um, that word, turd. Is a very like it was a very prominent and present word growing up in the eighties and the nineties. So that's my excuse for using it so much. I know you're a lady and you didn't do it as much as me, but there we are. <laughs> Bookie calls it a bottom pocket sign. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Bokey. That was that's, winner. That's, win, win, win. That's a great. That's a great comment. Thanks I for, will for that, be sending that. Uh. <laughs> Okay, now that that's done. Oh man, that was good stuff. <laughs> All right, let's let's go back to um oh, to the show. Gosh. Okay. Uh, All right. We so are talking about the show. We have been. Gary said that I was a great candidate for CT scan because that's the way he wanted to put it nicely, and it and in actuality it was. Yes. Um. So, uh, that's it. <laughs> that, that so was... it went for a CT scan, and it didn't turn out to be. Hmm. All right, then we go back to the money pit. Unless the Templar no. ate it. <laughs> I mean, it could have. No. no, not really, based off of what it was. Yeah. Okay, and we go back to the Ooh. money pit now that we're done on lot eight for now. All right, let's get our minds out of the gutter. All right, so back to uh, the money pit. Okay. And we got Charles supervising the continued progress at Borehole K15.5. Uh-huh. Um, and this is what I was talking about here. So Wood comes up at, um, they pull it out two sections from basically 103 and a half, 103 and a half feet mm-hmm. to 111 feet. Mm-hmm. Um, they put those on the operating table, Mike Tedford and uh, his underling Colton. His uh, underling. You've got to find something nicer to say. I think you were bitter about him. when you I, was, I was, I was. Okay. How about his assistant Colton? Uh, they were smiling when they brought over this uh, uh, sample mm-hmm. over to the table and then I have in my notes, Colton immediately grabs a knife to open the casing without asking. You already heard that part. Um, then they find what is part of a beam, they believe. Uh, Charles calls Rick to come over and take a look. Uh, Terry, Paul, and Scott joined uh, Rick and Charles. Uh-huh. 
Uh, Mike Tedford then explains what is um, happened uh, when they retrieved the wood and they were looking at it and it explains that there's a, he explained that there's a void between the two casings and this got everybody excited. Exactly. So oh, um, that's a good question. It is Colton. My bad. It is. Yeah. So we were my ranting bad. on a Connor. So someone that doesn't <laughs> exist it is was, who you have a problem with. He's my imaginary friend. Leave him alone. You're the one that was throwing him <laughs> under the bus. Well, I'm going to throw Colton under the bus now. Okay. You want to talk about Colton? Let's talk about Colton. He shouldn't, have, he shouldn't have cut that open without permission. He just jumped in there and it wasn't his place. And he's a new guy. And he's like, hey, I'm just going to show what I'm worth. I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm going to find this. No, dude, your, your job is to put it on the table and let the experts do what they do. Okay. Right, and the chat is telling me about the explanation of how the chart works with the letters. Like I get how you would traditionally label it with the double A and all that. But there was some that were so wackadoo that didn't make sense, even based off of that. But yeah. I appreciate everybody helping me. But I will make a list of ones I have a problem with, and then maybe they can tell me. Scott says that Colton is not a new guy. He's been there from the start. Well, I was going to say, I remember Colton. I don't, I don't recall him, and I just saw him getting in, into stuff that he probably shouldn't have been get, getting into. So Dustin doesn't remember Colton until he did something wrong. Which is usually what happens. That's why you get all like people who give bad reviews, but not good ones. <laughs> but you know what? I'm going to blow your mind with something I remembered uh, later on. Okay. Wow. You and I'll, 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 even, I'll even bring this up, mm -hmm. but it, it's later. It's at the end. So, all right. Uh, thanks for all that information, peeps. All right. Let's, let's move on. Um, yeah. So Scott, maybe, you know, Scott, just what, what happened next? You tell me. <laughs> Why don't, you're in the chat. He didn't so, even watch the episode. Oh, okay. Well, he tells Rick that there's a good chance that this structure is an open tunnel, possibly five feet in height. See, and that's why they should have hired me. Why? Because you're... I'm Deidre, just over five feet tall. Deidre is just about five feet I in height. I feel like that would be coming in quite handy. Yeah, so Scott's what? Six feet tall? I don't know. That's really hunching over there. You yeah, do like that. I could have saved your back. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So Scott also asked to take a, a good look at the wood to see what kind of tool cut it. And Terry notes that it looks like it was cut by an ads. Ads Not cut an wood. Ads. We have a lot more ads cutting nowadays. Yeah. Rick says that this wood is a prime candidate for C14 testing, which they do. Mm -hmm. And they get the results at the end of the episode. So uh, that we had that to look forward to. Yes. Scott also noted that a tunnel this far back would probably connect directly with the money pit or something um, connected to the money. Connected to the money pit. pit. Which offset chamber or <laughs> which could be that. I, I genuinely don't think this is a flood tunnel. Like you're not going to create a flood tunnel like that. Not the way it's cribbed or any... Like, remember the finger drain made of stone? Yeah, they used to be square and now they're triangles. Yeah, because, <laughs> you know, that's how they roll. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. What about it? I'm just saying I don't think it's a flood tunnel because I've heard that talked about. Yeah, Marty talked about it later on, so we'll, we'll get to it. All right, um, cool, cool. Sweet, uh, sweet. Terry says that K15.5 turned out, out to be a very interesting hole. Thanks, Terry. We agree. For that commentary. Hey, 
He's there to make our job easy. He is. <clears throat> All right. Sorry about that. Let's go to uh, Oak Island Research Center, yo. Here we come, Research Center. And we have Carmen Leg in the, his house. Woo, woo. We also saw his vet outside. Yeah. yeah that's pretty sweet. Is it a I feel like Carmen's the man. Is it a stingray? I don't uh, know that that one is. Scott might know. Uh, but yeah, so Carmen Leg is welcomed by Craig jack and rick for and he's there for analysis of the artifact found by gary and marty on lot eight and i'm thinking the potential templar poo and yeah he probably looks at it and says guys why did you pick this up guys why are you showing me this he's thinking like is this candid camera like are you playing like, a prank on me he's looking around for yeah, people to jump out of nowhere but there's cameras everywhere I they know. already had the camera they're everywhere they're everywhere all right so um after looking at the CT scan that was provided by Emma Culligan, the new archaeologist, mm -hmm. uh, that is awesome, apparently, according to Scott. Awesome sauce. Uh, Carmen says that the metal was originally a bunk hook that goes on the end of a chain, the type that would allow the chain to slide through the end of the hook, uh, likely used to lift logs or other cargo. I mean, it was pretty big, and it makes sense for hauling Mm -hmm. stuff mm -hmm. i thought they had found something like this before but maybe on a smaller scale out of the money pit i mean i know we don't see everything that gets found but i feel like a year or two ago we saw something like this but it's an excellent find considering on lot eight we have found like the brooch well i say we i've done none of that uh they have found the the brooch which we had a flashback with uh scott clark right the potential masonic breastplate mm -hmm. and wasn't the other did we find two brooches what was the other bobby dazzler out of what out of lot eight yeah i thought all the gems and stuff came out of lot eight no, isn't that where the treasures just like scattered amok well don't i have it in the notes here mm -hmm. maybe no i guess not Oh yeah, I don't. I don't tend to do um, uh, flashbacks in the notes. I no. just, I just, I'll, I'll, I, I sometimes refer to a flashback, but I don't do a lot of notes of that because we, we already, we've been there, we've done that, we've Have seen you? that. It would be interesting to date said hook, but it was really cool to also well, see the equipment. Carmen gives us a date. Did he? Yeah. Well, clearly, I need Carmen to get it says together. That this design came in vogue during the late 1500s. And that gets the team's attention. Well, yeah, that's a wonderful date range. Yeah, so Rick says that this piece needs to be conserved before it goes in the XRF machine. So that's a job for Kelly Barasa, if I ever yeah, had one. Probably. Yep. So they thank Carmen for his analysis, and that's uh that's the end of that segment. Yep, so, but it was good to see Carmen right off the bat. Yeah, definitely. But then we go back to the money pit. The pit of money. And this time it is uh they have their attention on a new borehole. M16.25, which they were teasing on the, like, coming up this season, like earlier in the year. What is in the bottom of M16.25? Oh, is that what they, is that what they was uh -huh. about? Uh, and it's not dash 9.75? No. Or anything like that? No. Darn. No, it wasn't. I like the really crazy boreholes. This one's Yeah, because they make me good, crazy. Though. Hey, yeah. Scott, can you all name a borehole after me this next year? That's all I'm asking. Why not us? Why not the D and D the D and D borehole? Because that could literally be a place. 
and I don't think it'd be right. Yeah, well, you are. Cool. And I'm pretty cool. You are cooler than me. <laughs> this we know. I'm. I, I. I get. I get it. I understand. It's. It is what it is. All right. <laughs> so M sixteen point two five. We have Terry Matson with Paul Troutman. A lot of Paul. I, I'm happy to see Paul. Uh, well, like when the pandemic happened, you know, he's from the United States, right? Mm-hmm. So he was kind of like stuck That's out true. a little bit. Um, really good to see him as a uh, kind of a central figure in this uh, season premiere. So, hi, Paul. Good hi, to Paul. See you. Great to see you. We yeah. still want to have Ta- you on the podcast. Uh, Scott was going to connect us. So if you hear this, please, please. We have nothing but good things to say about you, Paul. We even made a cool superhero card out of you we a did. while back. Out of you. Yeah. Well, yeah. We based a cool superhero trading card. Was, that was one you. of my favorites. All right. Um, so they are there supervising the uh, uh, digging in the borehole of M16.25 mm-hmm. and receive a choice sausage onto the table from a depth of about 89 feet to analyze. Yep. Rick is there and he says that he hopes that they can get a camera down into the borehole uh, if they find a void. Woo-hoo! Because, um, yeah, that. Well, and for them to be able to like stop at the depth in which the void was right because yeah when you yeah go right past it, it you can't really yeah so this is all chronologically so we're like getting to that void uh-huh. you know and the anticipation is building and uh paul and terry are, terry. are they're like stoked but then they get somewhere and terry goes bingo bingo Hello, terry's Dolly. just a gold mine in himself at that money pit table i can uh, so Mike and uh, Colton from Choice tell Terry Your best friend. Uh, that they got to a depth of 103 feet and they're basically hanging into a void at this point. Uh, Terry's super excited and he makes the decision to call in Rick to get him over there. And Rick uh, then shows up and says they need to exploit this opportunity. And Paul says he'll get a camera rigged up to take a look. And that's what they do. Yeah, I don't know if Paul's like an expert in this camera situation, but he sure seemed to be. He's a techie guy. Do you remember when he, no. um, so what was it? Maybe, was it last, you know, it was like three years ago or something. But in the research center, he had, um, oh gosh, I don't remember the name of the machine, but he was in charge of one of the machines that did some some doohickey. He wasn't Emma? Some, he did some doohickey that did something interesting yes either way he was the one that was explaining things it was parts per million of water samples oh, for something that's right the jack came in and didn't that have to do with like the red dye that was several years ago. it was a red dye yeah see i'm just i'm just saying that he's a techie guy mm-hmm. you know you know he's, he's up with the latest of the uh well we were told he's a walking genius we were told so that. yeah yeah and um yeah you know what I really liked? What? Uh, the duct taping of a uh, flashlight on <laughs> the not... camera to go down. That was what... Uh, I bet you it was like gorilla tape, though, because that holds up better underwater. Yep. So um, that was Scott. Good uh, job, Scott. Uh, taping up that thing. Uh, so Steve and Scott joined that party, and uh, they rigged up the camera. They began lowering it down to the depth of 130 feet. Uh, the camera entered the tunnel, bum, bum, bum. and they're able to make out broken pieces of timber on their display. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, well, that was pretty uh, pretty sweet to see. Um, 
and uh, they're excitingly looking at the display and they see what could be like, I think Scott called it out and he said, it looked like some kind of bolt or metal or like some kind of fastener. Oh yeah. Where you could see like the circle. Thing. Yeah. But then Rick's like, or it could be a dowel. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, a dowel? What, that's what Clotworthy ran with. Like, uh, oh, sorry, yeah. Scott, he didn't, uh, he, he wasn't into what you were saying. He's like, Oh, Rick says it's a dowel. That was a dowel. Well, yeah. Cause a dowel <laughs> sounds older. And one of the trivia questions might be about that section of, uh, so you might, might pay it uh, extra close, close. close attention. It to was that. super. I already wrote all the trivia questions, by I, the way. I know. I'm, I'm very yeah. impressed. So um, that's, that's for next for. Monday. At the end of this, if I remember, I'm going to try, I'm going to read one. And so people that listen to the podcast, they get a leg up on everybody else. How about that? Okay. At the end, we're going to read one trivia question. Be I don't know what the question is, it. so he will. No, and it's actually going to be random. I, it's going to be what you're going to pick a number between one and twenty, and then I'm going to read that question because it's twenty questions. There cool. you go. All right, uh, let's get back to this. Uh, yes, they see what could be a dowel. Uh, Rick speculates at how the uh, broken pieces of wood and how they kind of would have maybe um, originally fit together. Mm-hmm. And you know they're they're just doing their stuff. Paul says, "Hey, we need to get this video over to ProHawk." They could clean it up, get better resolution, and Rick says that they definitely need to initiate that process. Oakley, Oakley. Yep. Um, the guys are satisfied with the progress made. They get up to leave, and we hear as the segment is ending, Marty needs to see this footage. Of course he does. And so I'm sure that's immediately what happened next. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, they it looks like they maybe waited to show Marty because they have another war room. Gosh, man, they have like 15 war rooms in this uh, episode. Wow. Wasn't that insane? I hear they have a lot of meetings on that island, mm-hmm. and I'm feeling it. You are, huh? I like, I love me a war room, though. Yes. I, I, well, that's where we get a lot of the uh, down and dirty details. You know? The down and dirty detail. Yeah. Well, this, are, do, are we hopping to the war room? Heck yeah, right? we are. Because, you know, right before I cut out, uh, Paul recommends sending the video to ProHawk to clean up yep. the footage and it kind of reminded me so like what i'll use with um it's called topaz labs like they they have an ai technology to help clean up images and they do have a video one too for when you've got like motion blur or um high static and there's a way to stack images so that you can clear it up and i was it was impressive yeah, what you just said might have been a, might as well have been a different language. I didn't understand, but <laughs> what ProHawk did because we just saw the results mm-hmm. makes all like if that's what you're it talking about for itself. Yes, I enjoyed what the process was because it made those nice images. Yay! Mm-hmm. Yay! Yeah. All right. So at the war room, we had Rick, Craig, Steve, Jack, Doug, Scott, and Doctor Spooner. Uh, they were talking via teleconference or video conference with Marty. Yes. Uh, Rick says that uh, this is one of the most exciting days that they've had on Oak Island. Uh, be- and he, he doesn't want to count in how many years because, you know, it's just it's too painful, I think. Um, <laughs> but there's too many to count. That, But this will be the first time they ha- are looking at high-resolution images from inside a man-made structure at depth in the money pit. And that's exciting. Well, and usually something goes wrong. Right, because the, oh. it's notorious for technology yeah, on wh- the island to fail, why especially with video. Why didn't the video give out? Paul told it not to, and Paul. apparently that was the key. Paul cast a backwards voodoo curse on it that made it work. <laughs> backwards voodoo curse. 
Adubu. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, they show the video that it was the duct tape. <laughs> Thank you, Scott Barlow. Thank you, Scott Barlow, you for the win. Duct you tape. are our only hope, and you, uh, you help us, Scott. You're our only hope. <laughs> he worked it out for us. All right. So they show Marty the Pro Hawk enhanced footage, right? And Doug asks at this point, "Is this a searcher tunnel or is the original works?" That's the that's the question of the hour. Test the wood. Well, Craig, uh, it, they, they will get to that. Uh, Craig says that maybe it'll lead to the money pit um, and maybe it can help them uh, determine where to go from here. So, Where to go pro from here? Yeah. Scott, he has a recommendation. Man, Scott's all over the place. He's very present in this episode. Almost as present. Well, about as present as Paul. Yeah. Um, and he recommends, you know what? He, he Is this like the duh, like, Everybody should have thought of this, or is it just like Scott is like, hey? Well, S Scott's a smart guy. Okay? okay, I got the opportunity to really get to know Scott when I was in Nova Scotia. Mm -hmm. He's a smart guy, it, probably because me and Scott think a lot alike. He's wait, he's smart or he's mean? You told me he was mean. I didn't tell you he was mean. He like made you eat this like. Oh yeah, just because I like to pick on him. Snot in a shell. I had to get initiated and. I was. Yeah, it, but he also like stuck you on a piece of like oh, a floating uh, what was it timber or something and timber you, and you were like bound you like almost falling in. you fell in the ocean a couple times because of this guy. I did, but I had a great I said I've never done that and I've always wanted to learn. He says there's no time like the present. So that's a, that's, a, that's so a, his lovely wife. That's what somebody says. That, that's what somebody says when they don't know how to swim and they throw them into the river or into the uh, lake or into whatever. Into the ocean. Into the ocean. That's what happened to you. I I'm, threw myself in, technically. I'm glad you made it back. Okay. Thanks. Our, they, your kids needed you. <laughs> uh, Doug's wife had took good footage of me, like about to fall. It was quite hilarious. Mm. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we'll it, share that. I'm 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 being mean. He is being mean. Scott made her eat like an oyster or something. It was an oyster. I don't even know. If and it was it, an oyster, or it wasn't or a piece of timber in the ocean. It was an actual paddleboard. It was fine. Mm -hmm. All right. Um. Sorry. Let's get back to the thing. We got. <laughs> keep we're distracted. talking about Scott a lot. It's all his fault. We and you know it's funny. Like we're like, well, I don't know how long this episode will be. Maybe it'll be shorter. Yeah, we're already at an hour. I already told you it wouldn't be. <laughs> That's way. That's when we get going. We get going. Yep. All right. Uh, where are we? Where were we? Prohawk. Oh, Scott recommended Scott. using sonar. It's in. Well, they're in an optimal place. They know exactly where to drop it down. Do mm -hmm. a little bit of. There. Like a location. Yeah, and they already got like kind of like some visual, mm -hmm. and so this is just to collect more data and collect more data. They do, but it, we will get to Rick that. That's like, oh yeah, that seems like why wouldn't we have done that? Yeah, Jack recommends getting that wood carbon tested. So mm, agreed, Jack. Uh, Marty says he likes Jack's idea, and it's exciting to think that it could be original workings because it's previously unknown. Uh -huh. Rick says that they can, uh, if they can verify this. Um, wait, if Rick's, they can verify it's original, yeah, they'll invest significant. No, sufficient. Sufficient, which is going to be significant monies time and energy to follow the tunnel and hopefully x marks the spot if it's original then it's the one thing that's what we need baby he said we gotta because you know how many times he said like it could be the one thing 
But he is saying if it's original, this is the one thing. It's the one thing, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. All right. So Marty seems satisfied with their progress and is hopeful since they found something new. Mm -hmm. So Marty's like, yay. Because he wasn't there. He was video conference then. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, back to the money pit, of course. To the pit. And it's like, all right, we got to work. We got to get in here and do Scott's plan. Scott, let's set up the sonar. Sonar, sonar. So the team sets up the sonar equipment. Rick wants to know which way the tunnel is headed so that Steve, Mr. Guptill Guarantee, uh, can project the path. Uh, the sonar records some data when it gets down there, and it's looking rectangular on the display. Mm -hmm. Paul thinks that it's beams since there is a uniform pattern to the spacing in them, mm -hmm. and it makes sense. Right. Terry and Rick... They're not even like commenting at this point. They're just all smiles. They're just taking it in. They're like, yay, yay. finally something cool down there that we get to like explore oh, a little more. Well, and something solid. You know, I mean that in many ways, but it like it's very concrete, solid data. It's still remotely intact. Yeah. Well, okay. So do you remember um, like basically last season? Mm -hmm. um, like, okay, so Terry gets to kind of like do a lot of the exploratory stuff mm -hmm. up until they get to the big cans coming in, right? But man, Terry, like, he's just out there, uh, you know, plotting all these holes, digging them down. He's basically hanging out at the money pit all year. Mm -hmm. And it's got to be good and really like satisfying to be like, ah. Let's just put pop up this tent. And this is early and, in the year. And do some sonaring or do some other kind of explore yeah. on a spot that we know something's at. That's got to feel really satisfying. Yeah. I mean, and I think when I was looking at some of the sonar imaging, there was like dates. It looked like it may have been in July, June or July from mm -hmm. what I could see. So to be getting something like that so early has to feel really good. I mean, it feels like yeah. an early lead versus like a lot of times at the end of the year is when we're getting something really tantalizing and we're like, oh, well, we're out of time. We can't continue on. That is all. Hi, Susan. Hey, Susan. Susan. Uh, I did sorry to say hi. Um, yeah. So for sure. For shizzle. Yeah. Scott notes that the tunnel looks like it has a bend in it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, they're basically like at an elbow. And uh, they're in the, the center of it, basically. So mm -hmm. what luck is that, you know? Mm -hmm. And then we see Terry. It was funny. Terry, like, pulls up his arm. He's like, yeah, you know? And he's pointing to his elbow. He, he's like, he we're was, right about here. We're, yeah, we're <laughs> approximately here. And I'm like, thanks, Terry. I know what an elbow is. No, I loved it. I think that was great. That was funny. So, like, he's like, my arm's a tunnel. And <laughs> this part is narrowing down here. So we're here. Oh, thanks, Terry. We We can. I loved it. I thought I it was hilarious. Well, and they mentioned how it like kind of tapers off a little bit at one end. But uh, something I mentioned earlier in the week was that, yeah, they happened to go down. Let's say that when they hit it, it kind of pseudo collapsed or whatever, like they broke through. Well, that bend could be showing like it could have been a straight line and not an elbow. But when you have a partial collapse, like it's not going to collapse straight down on each other. It's going to kind of shift. And so it should be interesting to see once they actually get down there and projecting a straight line. Because I get a feeling it was intended to be straight. It's not like you're going to bob and weave around 
something down there. I don't know. Just my thought. I think the elbow was made to be a straight one. Mm-hmm. That is all. <laughs> well, okay. I don't know about that. You don't. No. You think it was an intentional turn. It looks intentional to me, but I'm not like a tunnelologist or anything. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm not a tunnelologist either. Just a uh, speculator <clears throat> and, at large. Yeah. So back to the sonar, what it was picking up, it was data in 15 feet in one direction. Mm -hmm. And it was like 20 feet in the other direction. Yes. The 15 foot direction, like they wonder if that was maybe a collapsed section of the tunnel. Yes. Um, Which it could is, be. Because it would make sense. And it looked a little funky compared to the rest. Like the other one did look more uniform. So yeah, like the beams were still solid. Yeah. There. And that's unfortunate because later on we find when like Steve maps it out mm -hmm. that the, the part that's collapsed is the one that's headed more toward no north toward the money pit. But it's so, uh, a bummer. So we've done a lot of drilling in the money pit and mm -hmm. have come up with pieces of wood. So it's going to be important to pull back all that data, which there should be a database that, you know, Steve's got kept for, of all the drill holes and where they pulled out the wood. Mm -hmm. And just little pieces here and there, right? Mm -hmm. So then, like, where where am I going? I had a place I was going here. Oh, Eagle Canada. Yes. They did seismic all the way through there. I would love to be able to compare that data with what the money pit, like, with what they just found with the sonar and see what kind of reads were coming back. Scott's watching this and he's probably like, we're way ahead of you. Yeah, he's like, we've already done it. They're done. And he also says, a straight elbow. Interesting. Can you draw that for me? No, I can <laughs> demonstrate it. They're still bend. No, there's not. Not when I straighten it. Yeah. It's perfectly straight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. So Rick says they're going to need to wait until it's on the surveyor's plan mm -hmm. before he, uh, he projects it and go in one direction or another. But today is a very good day on Oak Island. Yeah, he was like, Steve has the skills to do this. He will put it on a survey map. And like, Steve's like, yeah, I'll go do that as soon as. And then he, after that, he said, and let my people go. <laughs> Deidre, I'll get my GPS. Deidre thinks that uh, Steve is related to Moses or something. I don't know. He could part. If that was the case, he could have just stuck it down the hole. And it like would have parted the waters in the. The waters or the, be, in be, the solution channel it'd be cooler if you could like just part the dirt that's what we need at this point but, somebody to part the dirt yeah that's true billy needs to get that power <laughs> i mean he has it technically technically all right so we're moving on we're moving to a different section of oak island are we lot seven lot seven guess Not what lot eight. Lot it's seven. right next to uh lot eight though yeah, I wonder if uh, it probably Gary and Marty probably just said, oh, let's go uh, Metal Tech Lot 7 too mm -hmm. because we're out. And they're like wanting to inch closer to Lot 5. But it didn't happen that way because Jack is with Gary, not Marty. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Jack is with Gary and they're excited to get to work to find more artifacts. Mm -hmm. Their first find, they did find something interesting. A musket ball. Pew, pew. Pew, pew. I don't think they quite sounded like that. Boom, boom. Boom, baby. Boom, baby. I right. got to get that audio clip. Yeah, so Gary uh, calls it mid to late 1700s. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's in a good time thing, you know, like period. A range. How about time period? Time period. 
Yeah, and it says it's, it's definitely data. colonial. Uh -huh. um, the second target, they're like, beep, beep, beep. And like I could swear that it was like Steve was there for mm -hmm. a second because they found what looked like a rock. And Steve is really good He's at finding rocks. super good at finding rocks. But then, like, Steve wasn't there. And it was Gary and Jack who are good at finding things that aren't rocks. That aren't rocks. Yeah. Things so, that are metal. Yeah. And so uh, Gary picks it up and he's like, oh. And it's like, beep, beep, beep. Test the metal detector, the pinpointer on yeah. it. And it, oh, no, this is metal. And it was, like, square. Yeah, rectangular, squarish, yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm -hmm. he was pretty sure it was a coin. Yes. And I was we get to go see it a little bit further but that i mean he was really excited about it so to me i said well it must be a bigger deal than just a little square piece of metal must be so um they were excited about it uh -huh. obviously uh gary says hey, this could be something special um he, he says you know kind of looks like an old coin to him uh -huh. you know he I, I think he was like hesitant to say the c word uh -huh. the uh the coin uh but he, uh, he said, we need to take this down to Emma and get mm -hmm. it scanned by the CT. Mm -hmm. So that's eventually what they do. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, Gary's seen a lot of coins, right? You know, he's been metal detecting for a long time and all over the world, all right? The and world. He's pretty familiar with what coins are, but, you know, I believe him when he says it's probably a coin. But Hey, do you need to say something real quick? Huh? OG in the house. Hey, Agnes. How you doing? What's up? Thanks for joining us. Oh, and John's really chatty in the uh, chat. Hey, John. I, I haven't been able to read what you're writing, John, but what's up, John? Good to see you. And Janet's here. Tom. We have so many cool people in the I chat. Know. Daniel's over here on YouTube. Just want to say hi to everybody. Thanks so much for being here and for chatting with us and hanging out. Um, yeah. So after lot seven, we go to the Oak Island War, War Room. Room again for a oh, meeting. For War Room meeting 17. Of this episode, or at least that's what it feels like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why Thursday? Because meetings happen on Thursdays. Do they? Okay. Thursday's right. always a good day for a meeting. Sure. So present in the war room, we have Rick, Jack, Steve, Gary, uh, Craig, Doug, Paul, Spooner, and Billy. They gave Scott this war room meeting off. He was probably busy elsewhere. Uh, but this he was, was too busy hurting cats. <laughs> yes. Uh, Marty was via teleconference again or video conference. Naturally. Uh, so they did the review of the sonar data, which Scott should have been there for. He must have had something really important happening. Yep. Where he couldn't be there. Or maybe he was there and I just couldn't see him. Maybe that, he, that's also possible. Sometimes if he's so full. if he's in the Hensky seat, you know, sometimes yeah, it's hard to find him over there. That's a good point. The Hensky seat's kind of a secret seat. It is. All right. So um this is borehole data, uh sonar data from M16.25 and C14 data from borehole K15.5. Got it? <laughs> yes. Right. And of course, Craig was very excited to share. Yes. And then we had a. Uh, did we say hi to Anne Marie? I want to oh. make sure we say hi to Anne Marie. Hi, Anne Marie. She's tuning in from Germany. Yeah. She's, oh, she's got to head out. Oh, half the time she's from Germany, half the time she's from Nova That's Scotia. That's true. So, hi, Anne Marie. Thanks for being here. We love you. Bye bye. All right. <laughs> Have a good night. You're awesome. All right. So sonar first. Steve overlays the data compiled on his map um, of the money pit. I and love this, that. 
this was, uh, and I'm sure this was Deidre's favorite part of the episode. Oh, so many Matt screenshots. Uh, yeah, so the tunnel appears to, like, when they overlay, it appears to be headed north-northwest. Mm -hmm. Like, just slightly west, but more north. But that could have been due to the uh, bend in the elbow. It was the bend in the elbow. That set it on that trajectory. Uh, but it's toward the money pit. Mm -hmm. And in between, the, it basically, it, it's between the C1 cluster and the garden shaft, which we hear a lot about in this episode but it's it's closer to the garden shaft isn't anywhere like pointed technically to the money pit if you're already in the money pit yeah because we don't know exactly where the money pit was either but yeah. like like for all intents and purposes i consider the c1 cluster that's like the main money pit ish area and the garden um shaft would not be money pit ish area like historically for watching the tv show but maybe the maybe the garden shaft is closer to the money pit remember what i kept saying last season you know what enlighten us follow the women we know where it's at and boom the, uh... and where is it women's memorial <laughs> what if they like built this whole memorial around this shaft that is actually the money pit and they've actually just been memorializing it this entire time Maybe that's then was, technically it's been protected from all the drilling. Maybe that was Charles's plan all along. Sneaky Charles. That's why he put C1 over there. He's like, hey guys, come check this out. And he moves him away <laughs> and then from throws the a shiny thing. He's so protecting it. He is. He always will. All right. Uh, uh, so the tunnel appears to be headed that direction, but then we do get a flashback to 2017 of uh exploration of the garden shaft mm -hmm. but that was like mostly in maddie blake specials i believe mm -hmm. we didn't really see much of it on the show yeah like on the show they never really talk about it it's just there and they never say anything about it yeah you know it's kind of odd, but yeah and then in the maddie blake special what i was saying is that dan hensky was like hey you should you know preserve the top of the shaft because because, you know, it's Dan. He just walks somewhere and tells you where it is. Mm -hmm. And ta-da! And that this was another one of those where he just did. I don't know. But it, it's my understanding that the garden shaft was a searcher shaft. But they didn't look much into it. I mean, I'll just presume definitely a searcher shaft. But at the time, the those searchers would have known potentially where the original money pit was mm -hmm. reverse engineer theoretically in theory in theory all right so um then we move on to the uh c14 carbon samples yes of uh the wood found in k 15.5 mm -hmm. so this didn't have anything definitive mm -hmm. but if you look at it as a whole it looked like it was sometime between 1640 and 1806 and that's kind of like a wide range yeah but that's what it looks like because that was like about 70 to 80 percent uh -huh. if you add up uh, both of the sections together because uh 48.1 -huh. percent uh, that wood is likely from 1731 to six to 1806 uh -huh. and 35.5 percent likely that it was 1640 to 1687 either way the dates are great but it is all kind of over the place. Well, you don't want the wood to be 1806. Well, no, of course not. But yeah, 
I uh, want they probably also resent it out. Well, yeah, to and, other and Craig does follow up saying he wants to get more samples mm -hmm. by following this tunnel to get more data because yeah. he's a data guy. Him and well, Marty are the data dudes. Yeah, I mean, you have to have all types to make it work. Yep. All right, so over to the Oak Island Interpretive Center mm -hmm. for some analysis, and we get to hang out really for the first time with our new archaeologist friend, Emma Culligan. But it's now the lab. It's like you can see they've pushed aside and kind of. So it's the Oak Island Interpretive Lab? No, it's just a lab. Okay. It's, the, it's for all the mad scientists to do their things. So it looks like, you know. They were all set up in there with all their scanners. Yeah, but interpretive lab sounds like pretty fun. I, I, I do like fun. interpretive lab. We fun. can go with that. Yeah, so Rick, Gary, and Jack join Laird, and they are we are all introduced again to Emma. Aired, mm -hmm. uh, Laird and Emma show the CT scan of the artifact found on Lot 7 by yes. uh, Gary and Jack. So this is that little square thing that looked like it could be a coin. Yes. To at least at Gary's least to Gary. twin optical scanners. Yes. All right, uh, Emma showed the XRF analysis of the artifact. It's mainly copper and has a high tin content. Um, and it's made out of, so that makes it bronze. Yes. It has a, also a really high arsenic content, and that makes it an uh, arsenical. <laughs> arsenical bronze. And that really stands out. Yes. <clears throat> Sorry. Woo. Um, yeah. And uh, so that stands out. So this kind of metal, um, Emma lets us know has been phased out because mm -hmm. it's unhealthy to make. Yeah, it's kind of like same way Mad Hatters got their name. Yeah, because of the mercury and the stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. bad well, stuff. Arsenic. Bad stuff to work with, way. yo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so um, this kind of metal is it was uh, unhealthy to make, and it was uh, it was phased out. Modern metals did not have it, or metals beginning after the 16th century mm -hmm. don't have this kind of uh, yes. content anymore. So um, Jack asks, so they stopped making this in the 1500s? Which blew his mind. And Emma replied, yes. Gary says, that is absolutely brilliant. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Emma says that this, um, this one, of uh, this kind of metal was used in coins or swords or even statues, uh, but is the shape that is really reminiscent of a coin. Mm -hmm. And so that got Gary's like stoked. Yeah, and he's he like, looks so excited, yeah. like Cheshire Cat. Yeah, but he was like, told you. Boom, baby. Yeah. And Jack was just like, what? And the, when they look at each other, you know that they're pretty proud of that find. Yeah. I'm trying to think of something to go along with what you've been, like, the, you've been building a case, or you've been building a story with this uh, interpretive center thing. Um, I've been building a yeah, story. Well, okay, so maybe Laird is the caterpillar, and mm. we have Emma is Alice. I don't know because you you've already. Ooh, I see because the Cheshire Cat and and the Mad Hatter. You, oh, and the Mad Hatter. Yeah, you brought up both of them in this section, so I'm like, I'm so it's like Alice in Wonderland in the interpretive. Down the rabbit hole they go. I don't know. I'm just saying, or maybe Laird is like the White Rabbit. Yeah, there you go. Laird's the White Rabbit. Yeah. Follow Laird. Yeah. I wasn't going to call Gary and Jack Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Okay, I wasn't going to do it. It crossed my mind, but then I wasn't going to do it. All right. Oh, geez. Anywho. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. Uh, so Rick um, 
is comes in mm-hmm. and he doesn't have anything to do with Alice in Wonderland, but he's no. just maybe he's the white rabbit. No. All right. So uh he's very excited about this and he wants to immediately call his brother. Mm-hmm. Um, who's like the Queen of Hearts. He's like off with their heads, you know. If oh, not getting I was back like, to work. Why is he the Queen of Hearts? Oh, because you know, off with their yeah, heads. Like, their get, head. get back to work. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. That's okay, fair. My bad. I'm gonna get out. Okay, I need to stop. Okay. Um Marty was really excited about this find and he said that they found the poison. Now go find the treasure. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I didn't expect that. Yeah, pretty good. So uh Marty and Rick, they send Jack back out there to find, you know, that's mm-hmm. uh, they're vanished head. out to the lots to go find some more. Go find some more stuff. But they do thank um, you know, Laird and Emma and yep. all that good stuff. Then guess where we're going? Back, to the war room. Back down the rabbit hole to the war room we go. It's like, yeah. So we have another video conference, but it's not Marty this time. Nope. Because Marty is actually in the war room with Rick, Craig, Paul, Dr. Spooner, Steve, Scott, Doug, and Billy. Wow, it's a full war room. Yeah, it really is. And they have a video conference in hydrogeologist Dr. Fred Michael. And I guess this is one of Dr. Spooner's buddies. Yeah, apparently Dr. Spooner's work with him plenty yeah i, I trust to dr spooner sometimes it's like a, it's like a tight circle there with like people like spooner then we you know he's he was brought in by uh oh yeah girl oh by aaron by dr well, taylor no he? aaron was brought in by spooner by spooner oh well there's this tight group of little friends it is. you know like hey you want to get on this tv show I think you have some expertise. We get you on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Spooner's given a presentation on the water sample process and um, with Dr. Fred Michael. So mm-hmm. uh, he introduces Fred and uh, or Dr. Michael. Mm-hmm. Sorry. They work hard for those titles. You got to honor them, right? Well, yeah, at least have to ask them what they prefer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I always say Dr. Aaron Taylor, you know, Dr. Spooner. I call him Aaron. We're on a first name basis. Whoa. Lucky you. Oh, yeah, girl. All right. Uh, we don't have our button set up or else I press it. Yeah. All right. Um, we're going to get them set up. Don't worry. All right. So he uh, asked him to give him a background on himself. And he works with the physical um, ground flow of water, looking for elements such as lead or zinc or copper or even gold in large areas. Mm-hmm. So he is a prime guy to put in there and get his expertise. Yep. Uh, I trust him. All right. So Spooner says that they um, sampled wells within the money pit and they have chemistry back from it. The samples from the garden shaft are uh, headed south and the flow of water generally is north to south at the site. Mm -hmm. Spooner says that they found gold in the garden shaft and they say that it's the most intriguing area right now. And he says it with like that smile where it's like, yeah, yeah it's there like something's there still depositing in the water well this gets marty excited mm-hmm. he he literally says at this point um this water analysis stuff mm-hmm. is like the best thing they have going mm-hmm. in terms of finding a deposit of treasure because he he's a data guy mm-hmm. he's scientific you know a lot of people um you know i i know that like rick is very you know data driven too mm-hmm. but he has a lot more like, you know, hope and just like, uh, he, he, but that the hope isn't enough for like, uh, someone like Marty. He needs no. that data. He, he needs, you know, irrefutable evidence. Yeah. Proof. He, he's just that type of person. Sure. So give him 
the well, proof. Proof is in the pudding. That's what Sp uh, Dr. Spooner and Dr. Michael are working on. Uh, so Spooner says that uh, it may just take weeks to get this data um, uh, that is required um, to trace the flows with the elements they're looking for. And Marty's really excited about that and says this mm -hmm. is basically one of the most exciting things they got going on this year as far as he's concerned. So. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Then we have a quick trip back to the money pit. It's literally yep. blink and you'll miss it. Right. And Terry and Charles supervising the drilling of borehole DN DN 12.5, approximately 20 feet west of the garden shaft. Yeah. And literally that's it. That's all it tells that's us. It. And then we if we blink and then we're back and, in the, and we're back we're in the war in room. The war room. <laughs> and uh we have Rick, Marty, Craig, Doug, Jack, Scott. Billy and Charles, who are video conferencing with one of our favorite people, Gretchen Cornwall. Yay, Gretchen. Yay! Glad to have her back in the war room, and she was excited to be there. Um, so they uh, welcome her. Gretchen says that she is always on the lookout for information mm -hmm. that would suggest that the Knights Templar may have made their way to Nova Scotia. Mm -hmm. So that's why she's there. And uh, so her, during her presentation, she says that there's a cave in the UK um, that has Templar carvings all over it, and that she believes that they point to Oak Island. This is called uh, Royston Cave. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to look that up yet. Yeah, I, I saw someone uh, post in one of the Facebook groups. Like, they were, like, literally making – I don't know if they're making a joke or maybe they're criticizing, but – uh, they're like, well, they could instead of going to this cave, you can. There's literally like a three. Uh, uh, um, what are those called when you? Um, like a virtual virtual tour. Yeah, um, there you go. That's it. There's like literally a virtual tour of this. Like you could just. And it took him thirty seconds to find on Google. You know, uh, I. But I don't know if he, he was probably joking. But. Yeah, but also, so I'd like to point out, it is very different being somewhere in person. Right. So like even when I was able to go to Nova Scotia, being able to get my bearings on how far something might actually be or what it actually means or mm -hmm. where blue clay is or all that fun stuff. But um, kind of like, you know, we've worked on theories for other treasure hunts mm -hmm. and it's different when you get real boots on the ground. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we could do a 3D tour anywhere, but you really don't have the perspective until you're in the place smelling it seeing it touching it, and experiencing it as a culture as a whole oh yeah like you were saying when we go when i went to chicago mm -hmm. and i got to see the, like the treasure grounds for the secret mm -hmm. um you, when you're standing there and you get to see everything you're like wow literally the tallest building in the entire world is like right in front of the treasure site and on the um in the materials where you're, you're trying to get the clues to find this treasure, there's like a tall uh, castle and it's like, it made sense standing at the site. And I was like, it, it blew my mind because you don't get that unless you're standing there. No, uh, to be so able to physically go somewhere. I mean, it makes all the difference. Cause that is something I've never seen anybody mention before because you know, you gotta be there. Yeah. And I just bring that up cause I, I did think it was going to like, I was like, why isn't she not really showing? But that's when she invited them mm -hmm. to come and was kind of making her the pitch that it it would be worth it for you to experience this in person. It's something sometimes it's you have to be there to mm -hmm. really get it and take it all in the right way. Mm -hmm. So props to Gretchen for doing that. That's great. Yeah. 
it looked like we were going to get that next week. I, I like I, I saw I thought I saw a preview that showed that. It could be. And yeah. Yeah. So um she says that they will recognize many of the carvings at this uh cave, mm -hmm. the Royston Cave, um on Oak Island itself. Marty asks Gretchen um if she genuinely believes that the carvings of Royston Cave have a, a direct correlation to Oak Island somehow. And Gretchen says, yes, I truly believe so. And so that's, that's, that's great. And she says, because the iconography you can find on Oak Island can be found also at this cave. Mm -hmm. uh, Gretchen says that the carvings are religious and political at the cave and they mark events. And she believes that uh, the inv individuals uh, that were there at the Royston cave um, building it were aware of Oak Island and that the cave proves the narrative that the Knights Templar came to the new world and specifically to Oak Island to protect their information and to their treasure, be it spendable or sacred or both for the future. So, and then she invites them over and uh, I, you know, we had, um, uh, or uh, Marty said, I'm bringing Alex to this. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty sweet. I don't know if you to... Which one there, babe? I don't uh, About the building. Oh, Susan says the tallest building in the world is in Dubai. I know, but when the secret was, uh, when it came out mm -hmm. in 1982, the biggest building in the world was the Sears Tower in Chicago. Mm -hmm. That's what I meant. I should have, I should have, uh, definitely should have, I, I should have clarified that. People are going to be like, really? Yeah. So in Chicago, back in 1980, when this, or 82, when this was the thing, Sears Tower was the largest building in the world. And it's literally bam, right in front of you mm -hmm. when you go to this treasure site. Um, anyway. So um, they thank Gretchen, uh -huh. and they, um, they're they excited. They're excited to go see. Uh, Rick does chime in, and he's like, hey, Marty, when you're there, you should also meet with Paul Stewart while you're uh -huh. in England. Um, and <laughs> basically, Marty says, so it is written. And, so uh, it shall be done. Yeah, <laughs> Rick replies, so it shall be done. And that's the end of the episode. But it was a good uh, season premiere. For it was. It was a genuine like two hours of just the Curse of Oak Island. Plus we got an hour ahead of time. I feel like there was a lot of really good information. And they really they dove into the work right away. So that tells me we're going to get a lot of new stuff this year. Yep. Yay. And this is like episode one. There's probably 23 more after this if we have anything to go by last season. Right. So I'm stoked. Uh, then we had the preview. This season on the Curse of Oak Island. All right. So we see a long reach excavator coming over the causeway. Billy's favorite. Um, then we have uh, Marty says that this is the year we're going to throw everything we've got at the island. Gary says, brilliant. We found a jewel on Oak Island. So it sounds like we got another Bobby Dazzler. It sounds like and it. And we get a little picture of what looks like a blue gem. Mm -hmm. So do you remember earlier when I said, uh, I'm going to come back to this, but you're going to be impressed with my memory. Yes. So during this preview, we see somebody that's not usually on the show. Like he's only been on the show once before new new mystetist, mm -hmm. <laughs> Sandy Campbell. It didn't even say his name. I was just like, you oh. remembered his name. Yeah. I was like, that's Sandy. You remembered what a new mystetist was. Uh, I had to go and look that up. Okay. I had looked that part up, but I was able to look it up because I remembered his name. That's impressive. Yeah. So Nicely done. Sandy Campbell is back and he tells Gary and Jack that some kind of uh, artifact they had found or that they were showing mm -hmm. him was Roman. 
And that's when Gary says, "Rolling, baby." No, oh no, no. He says, boom, "Oh, boom, boom baby." That, that's the boom, baby. I didn't. Even, I wasn't looking at the notes, <laughs> but I always just go with "Rolling, baby." That's the boom, baby. Boom, baby. Yeah. And so Gretchen Car- uh, Cornwall welcomes Marty, Alex, and Charles mm-hmm. to England and takes them inside Royston Cave. And she calls the room that they're in a secret Templar chamber, commemorating the voyage to Oak Island. Mm-hmm. And Marty's like. Wow. Mm-hmm. And if you can impress Marty, that's saying something. He's not uh, easily excitable, I'd say. Yeah, I, got, I would agree. Unless, He's not easily excitable. Well, unless you got something impressive in front right? of him. Uh, Rick says they, they've got state-of-the-art equipment and methods to employ the season. Uh-huh. Uh, we see Peter using a machine. What was that? It looked like the same like ground-penetrating radar that yeah. they used last year, and they were looking at that square depression in the ground on Lot 8. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember what it was called, though. But, I yeah. don't. Yeah, but they're looking at that, and Jack points at the display, and he can be heard saying, that might be the hatch. So Jack's excited. Jack's as he all about is. the hatch. Well, he's always excited. He's too. an excitable person. Yeah. Um, Let's see, where were we at? Oh, and then we see Rick, Larry, and Doug checking out the well that was on the Maddie Blake special uh-huh. with uh, Terry Duveau. Uh-huh. So it was cool to see Terry back on the Yes, island. of course. Um, in the war room, Dr. Spooner says that the construction of whatever they're looking for at that point, because we don't know what it was, yeah. he said it dated from 1028 to 1172. And that's where Gary exclaimed. Boom, baby. Nope. Nope. Where? Right there. Where look, am look, I? Look right. Templars, baby. Golly. I'm not paying attention. You were backwards. That's okay. Uh, choice sonic drilling is setting up at the garden shaft. Mm-hmm. And Mike Tedford says that his rod dropped 10 feet in there like there was nothing. And it's a void. Uh, Rick says, let's dig it up. Well, I'm thinking like, Rick, do you really want to dig that up? You worked so hard on making that garden memorial, but... I don't think he cares. The gold's more important, <laughs> obviously. Clearly. Uh, uh, showing the money pit, Rick says that they'll be digging underground at the money pit for the first time. And some piece of information is going to lead them to the bron- uh, Bravo Tango moment. Bravo Tango. They're stoked. Uh, we Maybe do, we'll see a gold dance. At the very, very end, we see Billy using that long reach excavator at the money pit. And the preview ends with Marty saying, Treasure Island, baby. That's it. That was all the first uh, episode. Oh my gosh! Boom, baby! Yeah. So that was uh, that was awesome. Thank you so much for everybody being here to to listen to us chat about this exciting stuff from uh, go on our 10. tangents, talk about the episode. Oh my gosh, it was Woo. so good. So, uh, so, so what? So, uh, tomorrow we have pregame. Next Monday we are gonna do trivia for this episode. Well, we're right. gonna yes, but we're gonna do a recap before that. Yes, recap at around noon Pacific, so that's three p.m. Eastern, mm-hmm. and then at three p.m. Pacific, we'll be back to do trivia um, for an hour or so before our kids get home. So there you go. All right. So um, before we go, oh what yes. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna I was gonna oh, tell yes. them one of the Oak Island trivia questions, so they're ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. Pick a number between one and twenty. 16. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. All right. Question number 16 for Oak Island Trivia for next week. Okay. So you can get 
like I'm not going to tell the answer. I'm going to tell you the choices because how we play Oak Island trivia is I read the question, then you're given what like 50 seconds to answer, and you get for you get it's multiple choice. So yes. one of these answers will be correct, the other ones will be incorrect. Okay, and stuff you need to pay attention to. Like this is this is what I figured was one of the more tough trivia questions. So it's a good thing you're giving them a heads up on it. All right, question number 16 is. When showing the XRF analysis of the artifact found on Lot 7 by Gary and Jack on the season premiere, which color was not represented in a rectangular box on the bottom of the display? Is it 1, green, 2, red, 3, blue, or 4, orange? Which one? Which color was not represented on that XRF display? That's something you need to go back and look at now because that will give you a, a leg up to get onto oh, the leaderboard sure. and then you can win the golden gnome Woo. at Woo. the end of the season. Whoever's at the top of that leaderboard is going to win. So there you go. Um, yeah. We got Trisha in the chat saying purple. That wasn't even an option, but it's pink. <laughs> purple. I get it. Yeah. Um, so that is what we've got going. Um, be back here next week, uh, tomorrow actually for pregame, but also be back here for Oak Island trivia. And Oak Island uh, recaps yeah, next yeah. week. We'll make sure to um, post on um, Facebook. I haven't been up on the Instagram, but I'll get something up there. And um, that way y'all know when we're going to be there. Yep. And uh, so where do they find us? Uh, find us on Facebook at Oak Island Podcast, Instagram at Oak Island Podcast, Twitter at Oak Island Pod. Yeah, I, I, I hear Twitter's, you know, there's like stuff happening on Twitter. Uh, they might be supporting videos soon, so we might be streaming there pretty soon as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also email us, oakislandpodcast at gmail.com, mm-hmm. and our website is oakislandpodcast.com. Yes. It needs updating. But and, yes. and we have like a Oak Island uh, podcast hotline. And it, it expired, so we have to get a new phone number because nobody called us for so long, and we didn't bother to save it because mm-hmm. we uh, we you know it was a long off season. We, right, I forgot. So we will get a new Oak Island hotline number, and uh, we'll let you know next week. Yeah. Um, one final thing. So if you'd like to su- show us some support, we do have a Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to Patreon.com/slash Oak Island Podcast. We have had one new patron in the uh, uh, recent. Uh, uh, I think it was actually last week um, at our uh, Oak Island uh, pregame. We had Janie uh, show up and give us some support. So thank you so much for your support, Janie. You can uh, be just like uh, Janie and go to uh, Oak, or patreon.com slash Oak Island podcast and um, show us some love because, uh, you know, we do it all for free. But if you want to uh, c- contribute monetarily, Absolutely. You're going to be in our heart We forever. do love Mystery Mail. We do share that on Trivia Night or on Pregame Night. I just saw Susan put it in. Oh, thank you, Susan. Um, in the chat, our address, if, you know, we'll open what you send us. Um, yeah, we do that on Pregame, usually. Yep. And uh, so, you know, our podcast listeners can't see this, so I'm going to read it out loud. Mm-hmm. If you want to send us Mystery Mail, it's 15 15- 640 Northeast 4th Plain Boulevard, Suite 106, box number 411, Vancouver, Washington, 98682. And you can send us uh, something and we'll open it up on our live stream pregame. And mm-hmm. uh, everybody says, yay, cool, yay. awesome. Everybody loves doing that. And then it is fun. Um, 
it's also on our website at the address and uh, you can find it on Facebook and all that. Yep. So, all right. Well, until next time. Could it be? Bye. <laughs>